So the story I'll focus on today in my talk is uh, the, the call of uh, Nathaniel through Philip. It's, in, it's on um, John chapter 1. Uh, we'll be looking at the uh, calling of the disciples. And uh, we begin at verse 43. You may want to follow along, but I'll talk about this uh, in my talk, in my sermon. So, chapter 1 of John, verse 43. This is the word of God. Now the next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. And coming upon, finding Philip, he said to Philip, follow me. Well, Philip, like Andrew and Peter, were from the town of Bethsaida. And Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, its first five books, and about whom the prophets, Isaiah and Jeremiah, also wrote, we found Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, Here is a true Israelite in whom there is no deceit, nothing false. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. And Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. And then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered, you believe because I told you, uh, I saw you under the fig tree. You shall see greater things than that. And he then added, I tell you the truth. You shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Let us pray. Lord, for your word, we give you thanks and we ask that your spirit open our hearts to give us discernment, truer understanding in thy name. So sometimes kind of weird thoughts come to my head. There's a surprise, isn't it? And, um, and sometimes you just don't know why these things, you know, the brain is a kind of odd thing. And uh, so I'm working on kind of contemplating the story about the call of Philip and the call of Nathaniel. And I'm thinking about college. And now maybe I'm just in this midlife crisis kind of mode. And, and uh, whenever I'm, I'm thinking about this dorm room or the dorm floor that I'm on, the wing of a dormitory, and uh, there was a year in which we all, uh, all the guys in the dorm room floor, we gave each other, we all had nicknames. And some of the nicknames were based on ethnicity, frankly. And some of them were based on the quirk of a person's name itself. And some of them were about uh, quirky behaviors. So I'm thinking about Swivel. <laughs> Swivel is this big, kind of dopey looking guy. And uh, they call, we called him, I never even knew another name. He was just Swiv. Swivel. And the reason why we called him Swivel is because if he was sitting like here, if, wherever he was sitting, his head was always swiveling about, looking to see who else was there, who was paying attention, and of course checking out the girls. So <laughs> that's a terrible introduction, I realize, and the whole sermon is kind of disjointed, but there you go. So just swivel. There, nothing to do. So we're really going to talk about the call of the first disciples. And, and the word I want to hold on to here is call. The first disciples, the first apostles who are being called. And I want to suggest that in John, next week we'll look at Mark a little bit, where there's more of an urgency and immediacy. But in John, there's a kind of casualness about the call of the first apostles. And so we have in this passage, Jesus is just kind of 
decides to go up to Nazareth and Galilee, and it's, it's a wonderful north country, very beautiful area, and he decides to go up there, and as he's going up to the north country, up to, and to Nazareth and Galilee, Galilee, he sees uh, Philip, and he's kind of casual, uh, Philip, why don't you follow me? And Philip's like, okay, <laughs> and, uh, but first let me go get my buddy um, Nathaniel. Now, what the text tells us is that Philip and Nathaniel are from the same town, by the way, as Andrew and Peter, who have already followed Jesus, and they're from the little community of Bethsaida. Now, a little bit about that town. Um, Bethsaida is on the north, kind of the northeast part, probably, of Lake Galilee, and doing a little background check on this and, and kind of applying it, it seems to me that Bethsaida was likely a very beautiful place. It was like, it was right on Lake Galilee, it was a lake community, it was probably a quaint village, it was something charming, something lovely about Bethsaida, it was probably something like Skinny Atlas. You know what I'm saying? It's just a little snooty, <laughs> Uh, but, but just a lovely little place. It's not like Alger. Now, you don't know Alger, so let me tell you Alger. When I was in uh, my previous community, before I came to Canandaigua, I lived in a little town called Ada. And Ada was a lovely, charming little town, a little snooty. And about 20 miles out of Ada, there was Alger. Doesn't that even sound ugly? Why would you call yours Al like algae? Uh, but Alger was famous or whatever, uh, in its day, it boasted the muck farms. Now, if the best thing that you can boast about is the amount of muck that you have, there's something wrong with you. But the fools decided to drain that. They had celery, but they decided, see, this is all irrelevant, too. Uh, and so they planted soybeans, and they all went broke. <laughs> and, and so if you lived in Ada, you were like, oh, Alger, you know. <laughs> and, and so, um, so Philip comes to Nathanael and says, we have found the Messiah, the one that Moses, that's the first five books, and the prophets, that's Isaiah and Jeremiah, have all pointed to. It's Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus from Alger. And Nathanael says, Nazareth? Really? Really? I've been trying to practice my reallys lately. I've, I've noticed, uh, like with the, the teenagers, I told you the sermon's all over the place. It really is. Um, you know, with the, the teenage kids, you know, I try to do that, hi, uh, as if. I've been practicing that for five years, and I still don't, as if. And I try to practice that with real, really? You know how everybody says that these days? Really? Really? Nazareth? Really? So that's what Na uh, Nathaniel does, which in fact is a sarcastic remark back to Philip. Really? Nazareth? Can anything good? Now, sarcasm always, no, no exception here, sarcasm always seeks to elicit one of two responses. Either it wants to stop the conversation or it wants to get an angry response. Really? Nazareth? No, I'm not serious. You know, get out of here, Nathan, Nathaniel. But, but oh, we'll get back to that. So the whole thing the call, that's the first word I want to hold on to. The whole call of Philip and then Nathaniel has this kind of casualness to it. There's no urgency, and, and I want to suggest there's something real about that, that, that sometimes our calling has a kind of, well, maybe I'll follow, I, maybe. So they're called. 
Philip is called. Philip goes, gets his friend Nathaniel. And for Nathaniel, let's focus in on Nathaniel. The second word I want to hold on to, the first is the call. The second, there's some hesitancy. There's some hesitancy to uh, Nathaniel's, like, really, you want me to follow of Nazareth? Is anything good? So instead of like, getting this urgency to go and follow, which is, I think, what Philip's about. Like, we found the Messiah. You've got to check this out. And Nathaniel's like, why? I mean, let's... And I think there's something good about that. Just a kind... Even in relationship to our faith. Just... For example, this is a bad example, but the whole sermon's kind of like that. So it's kind of coming... Do you remember about six months ago there was this thing that you can't drink apple juice anymore because there's arsenic in it and we're all going to die. Do you remember that? And so there's like, ah, don't drink the apple juice. Our children are all going to die. And I'm thinking, what? My children drink like gallons of that stuff. And, you know, and uh, so I did some background stuff on this and uh, I found it came from Dr. Oz. Now, if you're offended by that, good. But here's, this is, I didn't know who Dr. Oz was. Because if you don't watch daytime TV, you know, you're out of that whole loop. So this very famous guy, Dr. Oz, like, who's Dr. Oz? So I looked up Dr. Oz. This is what I found. Dr. Oz is this skinny little guy from Hollywood. Can any lies come out of Hollywood? Really? Really? And, uh, and he wears scrubs. And I'm thinking, dude, you're on television. Put clothes on. We get it. You're a doctor, you know? So why should I believe, you know? Our children are going to die. We found the Messiah. Really? Let's hesitate a little bit. Let's think about this. So the call comes, Nathaniel hesitates, and then the third word I want to hold on to is that Nathaniel does some research. Research. And so, and here I want to give Philip buckets of credit. Really, I do. Because Nathaniel's response, remember, is sarcastic. Can anything good come out of that town? And, and Philip responds, not in anger, which is what sarcasm wants the response to be, Philip says, come and see. Let's research this. I want you to see Jesus for yourself. Can I give another bad illustration? Yes. Thanks. Okay, it's political season, right? So let me suggest, I'm just saying, okay? If you really want to know who Mitt Romney is, really? Really? <laughs> Don't, first of all, go to the New York Times editorial page. I read the New York Times editorial page every day. But don't go there first. If you really want to know who Mitt Romney is, go to Mitt Romney. Listen to what he said, what he has said, and what he's done. If you really want to know who Barack Obama is, really? Don't go to Rush Limbaugh first. Do you hear what I'm saying? Go to Barack Obama. What he said, what he has said, and what he's done. Go to the source. Go to Jesus. That's what Philip is saying. Don't listen to what I'm saying. Don't listen to what the Pharisees are saying. Don't listen to Sadducees. Do you really want to know Jesus? Don't listen to National Geographic, what it says, PBS. Go to Jesus. You go to Jesus. Get on your knees. Pray. Open the book. Go to Jesus. Come and see. So the call is made. There's some hesitancy. There's some research. Come and see. And then the inclination, that's the fourth word I want to hold on to, the inclination of, Na of Nathaniel is he wants to go there. Now listen. There's no big commitment yet. This is not, I will follow Jesus to his death. No, it's like, well, maybe. But if you're inclined in that direction, you're not going in another direction. And the closer you get, the more you'll see. He is the Messiah. So he's inclined 
to go to that direction. And when he gets to Jesus, this is the fifth word I want to hold on to, he sees. But it's more than he sees Jesus. He sees that he is seen. And so Jesus says to him, when Nathaniel comes close, Jesus says to him, Behold, a child of Israel in whom there is no deceit. Let me push on that. That's important. Nathaniel is a good man. There is no deceit. He's an honest man. He's a, a man of integrity. He doesn't know Jesus yet. He's not a follower, but his word is his word. He keeps his promises. He keeps his vows. What he says is what he does. He is a good man. And what, I want, what this passage helps us remember is that some of us who come to Jesus are not like miserable reprobates swimming at the bottom of some moral cesspool. Sometimes good people, people who are already good, decent people, like Nathaniel, need to become better people. And so there's Nathaniel. Jesus says, behold, a true Israel, there's no deceit in you. And Nathaniel says, how do you know me? How do you know me? And Jesus says, when you were under the fig tree, in other words, when you were in a place that I wasn't supposed to see you, I saw you. And there's a double meaning there. It's not only I saw you when I couldn't really see you, I see you. And it's as if Nathaniel is saying, I am a decent person, but do you really see? Do you see? And Jesus says, yes, I see. And I love you, and I want you, and I'm calling you, and I want you to come. And from that moment on, when Nathaniel sees that he is seen, this is the sixth word I want to hold on to, he trusts. But trust in the Bible, trust for Nathaniel, is not some abstract concept that we might need someday when we get in trouble. Trust in the Bible, trust from Nathaniel, is a personal relationship with Jesus that starts now, here. And it means we will follow Jesus with all our mind, with all our heart. We will offer to him all our vulnerabilities, all our weaknesses, all our strengths. We will trust in his way, in his person. And Nathaniel becomes a true apostle, one of the twelve. Now, what do we know about Nathaniel? Not much. He becomes a radically average apostle, for all we know. We know this story about him, and we know at the end that he's with Jesus at the resurrection. And maybe, in truth, that's all we know, need to know about a person. When they start with Jesus, and that they end their life with Jesus, and that they stay with Jesus. But what we really need to hear is that this passage reminds us that all of us are called. And all of us are not terrible, miserable sinners. But all of us need to start where we are. Most of us are pretty good people. We're in church. And become better people. We need to become more truly followers of our Lord Jesus Christ. It occurred to me while I was, why I was thinking about swivel. Because this passage is not for somebody else. This passage is for me, and this passage is for you. We are the people that are basically decent people that need to walk more closely with our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks that though you see through, you see us, 
you still call us and love us. Have purpose for our life. Have direction for us, though we can't see it, what it is at the time always. And you are utterly dependable. And so we put the fullness of our trust in you, our Savior and Lord, Jesus the Christ.